With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We're going back now in Sefer Kohelet a little bit to the end of chapter 3. After he speaks of corruption and the inability to find justice, he says, Amarti ani belibi et atzadik vetarasha ishpota Elohim ki ayad lechol hefetz ve'al kol ha'maaseh sham. He says, if I look at this world, it seems that there's no justice. So probably Hashem is the one who administers uh, true justice. But then, then he regrets it. And he says, He says, but no, if I look, if I look at, at, uh, at humanity, it's hard to determine what is the difference between the life of humans and the life of animals? That's when he goes again to the, to the other end of, of being uh, desperate. And he says, says, if you look at the physical life, we live and we die. Animals live and die. And they have the same spirit, they have the same anima, the way they live. And there's no advantage for humans over animals. All goes to one place. All came from dust and all will return to dust. Who knows whether the spirit of man truly ascends and the, if the spirit of or the soul of the animal sinks down to the earth. He says, I don't know that. If I look at what happens in, in this world... There is no difference between uh, humans and animals. Of course, it's a very bleak view of the world, but what, what he focuses on is the suffering of men. In his, the way he described it before, men, because men are, uh, mankind is more knowledgeable or more uh, intelligent than animals, then it just makes the, our suffering more difficult. And an animal doesn't know what, or doesn't feel the, 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 uh, the sorrow of others the way we do. And he says, so what is the purpose of it? He says, the only, the only real joy is uh, enjoy what you have right now. Focus on what you have because you're not going to get anything afterwards. Um, and as remember, as I said, this is, Kohela takes us through a journey of trying to understand the purpose in life. In modern times, there were those who tried to compare the... Um, uh, the approach of Kohelet to the to the uh, theory of logotherapy. Logotherapy was a, is a new was a new trend in psychoanalysis and psychiatry that was developed before the war in uh, in Austria by a Jewish uh, scholar by the name of Viktor Frankl. Frankl was taken to the uh, to the concentration camps. He was in his 30s, he was in the midst of, of uh, or towards the end of writing his book. Um, and he wrote a book when he, he survived the camps. He wrote a very important book called uh, 
men's search for meaning. And then another one called the unheard uh, scream for meaning uh, and some other works. And in the book he describes, in the book that he wrote after the war, he describes his work in um, on that question of what is the purpose of men and how does men face challenges and specifically when talking about uh, survivors, what made it uh, for some people, how is it that some people were able to survive and some people gave in? Besides, of course, there were so many factors of, uh, of uh, disease and, and torture and things that were not in men's, in people's hands. But he says in those situations where people did have a choice or were able to fight, who made it and who didn't make it? And when he, when he was captured, he still kept the manuscripts of his book. He describes how he was so innocent to think, like so naive to think that, you know, from the, the cities to the ghettos to the concentration camps is just a temporary thing. Maybe they will be transported somewhere else. And he was trying to hide uh, the manuscripts. They stripped them down and took everything they had. Um, and <clears throat> he came to the conclusion, after all of his studies and, and case analysis, etc., and what he saw in the camps, that the, uh, the factor that determined whether a person could survive or not is whether that person has a purpose in life. A purpose that is greater than his own persona and, and his selfish uh, ideas. And he said he could see it in the camps. People who were not so physically strong still were able to to face all challenges and to keep plowing. I mean, of course, if, if death didn't take them uh, before that, they were able to survive. And others who just gave in and at a certain point became indifferent and just waited for death uh, to redeem them of their misery. And he says those, those purposes could be people who were looking to reunite with their families or, uh, or, or whatever challenges they had. For him it was the drive to get back to normal life, to write his book and to teach people, which he did. Um, and he touched upon a lot of aspects of uh, people searching for purpose, what, what leads people to the, what is called uh, existential vacuum, where they feel that there's no meaning for their lives, and how it is associated, he showed, more to affluent societies. Sometimes the more, people think that the despair of life comes from uh, lack of, uh, of means or difficulties in life, and he showed that it's on both ends of the spectrum, Sometimes people despair of life because they have nothing and because life is so difficult, and sometimes because they have so much that they have no, uh, they have nothing to to look for, nothing to pursue. <clears throat> One of the interesting things that that uh, Frankel says is when you when you ask about what is what is the purpose of life, the the question is what is your what is the purpose of all life or of all humanity is wrong. The question to be asked is, what is my purpose now? He says, it's something that constantly changes. Maybe it could be on the same line, on the same spectrum, same ideology, but the, the details keep changing, and but one has to constantly understand that. And that's what Koelet does. Is in his, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a method of therapy. You read the Koelet, 
And you realize, it just throws questions in you. Is this the right thing? Is this the right thing? Keep assessing. Keep thinking. Keep evaluating what you're doing. What is the right thing? Who is doing, who, who is doing the right thing? Where is honesty? What is corruption? He keeps asking these questions. And then in this last paragraph, he says, what are, what are you doing, what you're doing for? Is it for your eternal reward in the world to come? Or in order to enjoy your life here or to benefit others? And then he goes in chapter 4 to say that, and by the way, I recommend this book really wholeheartedly. Victor Frankl, Men's Search for Meaning. I read it, try to read it every year, read it again before the high holidays to, for Yom Kippur to get inspiration. And The other thing that the Quran yes. gives you is a little bit of a shortcut to the questions that you might ask yourself by, by telling you that I've done pretty much everything. You know, I've had money, yes. I've had, I've had uh, resources. Right. And, and he does and that, that, right. So he gives you like a shortcut because the process to get there is one where you're going to have to start with what's in front of you. So he's going to say, you're going to get to that point and then you just go. You're right. going to have to go. In a way, it tells you, right, let me save you the trip, right. But he says, instead of doing the physical trip, I'll give you the intellectual trip. It's not making it easy. It's not like saying, okay, what is the purpose of life? Step one, do this. Step two, do this. If, then go back to step one and repeat. No, it doesn't do that. He says, he just keeps throwing uh, ideas and questions to us and make us, he makes us think through them. But you're right, he's, he's doing it through describing his own experience. In chapter 4, he says, He says, I look around me and I see that so many people are oppressed and they cry, they ask for help, no one helps them. No one helps them. So, where is justice? To the point, he says, sometimes I feel that it's better to be dead than to be alive. It's better than both. Those who were not born yet are the luckiest of all because they don't have to live through this difficult life. Um, Again, going back to the question of toiling and accumulating wealth and all that, he says, one has no children or one has no friends. And all the, uh, the wealth that he accumulates, who is going to enjoy it? Who, who am I working for? Someone once said, I heard in, in, a, in a talk when I was you know, really uh, a teenager, so he was saying, you ask people, who are you working for? He says, for my children. I want my children to have a good life. So you go to the children, who are you working for? They say, for our children. They go to, the, you know, and so on. Who are you? He says, I want to see that lucky child at the end of all generations that all of us are working to, to support. <coughs> uh, so this is like Kohelet exaggerate here. And here comes this famous, famous verse that uh, at once seems so intelligent, but then so uh, banal. And it is, Two are better than one. Wow. It's like, with all the wisdom of Shlomo, he says, this is what you're going to teach me, that two are better than one. We know that friendship is important. Because they will have a reward for their toil. 
And if that was not enough, okay, let's stop here. You said two are better than one, I accept it. It's, it's a wise statement. Because it's good to have friendship. Man is a social animal, we need to share. Beautiful. But he goes on to explain why two are better than one. Because if one of them, if they fall, one will assist the other to help him stand up. But if one falls down, there will be no one there to pull him up. And at a certain point in my life, I, I was looking at this person and I said, what is, the, what is the meaning or the wisdom of that? You're telling me that it's good to have a friend nearby, so if you fall, so is it again a selfish thing? Right? I need you near me to take a bullet or to pick me up or to, to heal me. What is the idea here? And here I think is, this is a deep truth that Kohelet uh, conveys that is also related to the golden rule in the Torah. Love the other as you love yourself. This we know is a very important rule. It has three elements. It speaks about love, it speaks about friends, and it speaks about... What is the third element? Family. Oh. The love others as you love yourself. You. Yourself. So it's, those are three elements. is love, others, and self. And the... So let's start from this golden rule. That is, I think, the uniqueness of, of Judaism. And unlike other religions where either you only take care of yourself or you only take care of God. In Judaism, the idea is love others as you love yourself. So you have to start with love and you have to direct that love at yourself. So it means building your self-esteem, your self-worth, understanding what are the talents that you have. If you have a talent for a certain uh, art or sports or literature or science, whatever it is, According to Judaism, you can't say, oh, I don't want to do that because maybe God wants me to do something else. No, God gave you this talent, run with it. This is what you have to do. But why do you run with it? Why do you want to maximize and realize your potential? So you can take it and help others. So the, the idea of the Torah is develop your character, your personality to the maximum that you can but always have in mind how you could take it and use it to help others. So now, if we go back to this parable where it says, one will make the other stand up, I, I like to explain it with, with the story about two, uh, two students of medicine who decided to know, both wanted to become doctors, but for different reasons. One of them wanted to become the best doctor, uh, the best plastic surgeon, so he can make a lot of money and live the good life. Another one wanted to become a uh, a surgeon in a an ER surgeon, so she could save lives and help as many people as possible. And I actually happen to know those two people. Up at, up to this point, it's true. I mean, I know the characters. I they were both in my congregation. One was bent on becoming the plastic surgeon, making a lot of money and the other one on becoming an ER uh, physician, a surgeon, and helping as many people as possible. She did a lot of pro bono work of Doctors Without Borders, etc. Now, let's say uh, hypothetically, after their, the graduation party, seven years of studies, hard studies, they're ready, they're really the top of their class, they uh, leave the party, they, they, they're on the road, a little uh, uh, drunk, 
and they have an accident, they wake up the next day with uh, stitches, broken bones, they can never go back to perform surgeries again. So now, those, those two people, their dreams have been shattered. What are they going to do? Right, Dr. Strange, if you watch the movie, this is what, this is what happens to him. No? Yeah, okay, so it was a good... Was an interesting scene. He brought me that. So, um, so they wake up now. They can't now. They can't. They can't do what they wanted to do. What will happen to them? Most likely, the one who wanted to become a uh, a wealthy person, right? This is to aggrandize himself. Will become desperate. Maybe he will sink into drugs, depression. We don't know. There's nothing to pull him back because he dedicated all his life up to this point to do this, and now it's gone. It would be very difficult for that person to pull himself back again. The other person whose uh, idea, ideal was always to help others, yeah, maybe she will go through a difficult time also for a while, but then, then she will tell herself, but wait a second, my whole point was to help others. If I can't do it this way, I must find another way to do it. And she will pull herself back together and... After a while, she will rehabilitate and find something to do. And this is what Shlomo says. Two people fall. The difference between them, one person lived in a bubble. His whole life was concentrated on himself. So when he falls, there's no no one out there for him. And uh, and nothing that will, will able him, will enable him to, to elevate himself from this situation. Whereas the other person who was always thinking of the other, when he says, Tovim Hashanayim Ha'ad, that company is, is our, uh, is our uh, lifesaver. This is, when we are in trouble, and we think of, I can still help others, I'm, I'm being pulled back to, to life. So, when he says, you know, other people will, 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 uh, will, will help you, it, this is the, the reciprocity, so you know, it's a, it's a paradox. It's the people that you want to help. You don't know them yet. They're not there. But your th- thought of them will make you successful in, in your efforts to come back to life. I think it's an amazing truth that isn't contained like you, in you this basuk. That you have a mission that yes. is not finished. Exactly. Finish. You're, you're, you're on a, if you're on a mission, right? You know, there's a famous, uh, famous phrase, and, and we'll go back to the movies. I'm, we're on a mission from God. You know where this is from? We're on a mission from God. Anyone? What? Blues Brothers. Thank you. <laughs> Blues Brothers, right? They do crazy things. All that to raise money to, uh, for their orphanage to not, to not shut down. And uh, So people do amazing things when they think of others. But when it's only about themselves, they, they reach a certain limit. And this is what uh, Shlomo says. Im yipolu. If one falls, but he always thinks of how to help others, he will pull himself up, but with the others in mind. So this is uh, what Shalom says here. Uh, and he goes on to say, That if, if, if the thread, which is triple-fold, is, it is not easy to snap that cord. Meaning that the more people are added to, our, to the social circle, the more we think of doing good to greater circles, the more we have the capacity to survive. And I think that this works definitely on the uh, personal level. But when we look at our history as the Jewish people, this is one of the things that kept the Jewish people uh, alive 
and now not only life but kicking as well with the with the, the development of Israel and technology of what we have uh, science around the world because those are biblical values. Do the best you can so you can help others and help the world. Not all Jews are like that. Unfortunately, we have them in the the headlines. But uh, but the uh, the general direction of Jewish education and values is this. Develop your, your uh, character traits and your potential so you can help others. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.